You may be seated. Sir. Well, you've had honey in the rock. Now you're going to get the bee sting. <laughs> I love this church. I love you people, even the ones that I haven't met before, because children of God are called to love one another. I want to, first of all, Say how glad I am to see you here. So glad that you came. I'm sorry you're going to have to put up with my preaching because for those of you that were here when I was pastor, I've aged just a little bit. My body doesn't work like it used to work. My mind gets boggled. So I want to secondly apologize to you. If I get off track today, I've got someone here to get me back on track. But my mind, as I said, doesn't function just like it ought to anymore. But I've asked God to help me today to present to you the words of the Scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit and so I'm leaning completely on the Lord today. And what comes out of my mouth, I pray, will be beneficial to you and to me. And that we can rejoice together in the Word of God. Because that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I hope and pray that just as when the scripture this morning about the Spirit taking care of our moaning and groaning for us. I'm going to ask the Spirit to take care of my moaning and groaning this morning. And that way, I turn to God's Word, and we're going to look at today being steadfast in Scripture. And I have some questions I want to ask you. The first one is, are you word-wise? That is, are you wise in the Word? I've been a Christian since I was eight years old, and I'm 87 years old now. So if you can do the math, that's a pretty long time. And as I thought about this, I couldn't help but think about what the Scripture says about the Word. In 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15. 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15. Of these things put them in remembrance, 
charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the ruin or subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Are you word wise? To be word wise, you've got to study. You've got to study. How many of you this morning just really enjoy studying? You always liked it when you were going to school and your teacher would say to you, now here, study this. And most of the time, what would my mind be saying? Study what? All I could study is being out on the playground playing ball or tag or once and over or something like that. But the scripture says to us, in no uncertain terms, not an affirmation, but an absolute necessity, study to show thyself approved unto God. I remember years ago when our children were small, there was a television program, and it was about some kids in a very difficult neighborhood and it was about a teacher by the name of Cotter. But Harshak, one of the young fellows in the class, called him Mr. Cotto. And when Harshak, whenever the teacher would ask a question, Harshak, if he knew the answer, he would get so excited he would jump up and down saying, me, 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 me. And I remember that so vividly. He had some information. The teacher had asked for information, and he had information. The teacher had asked for an answer, and he had the answer. But the sad thing was, seldom did the teacher ever call on Horshack. I wonder why. But it's back to school time. Our children are going to go back to school. They're going to be required to study. And we as parents... I don't have any children in school anymore, but I do have grandchildren in school. But I hope that we would realize our responsibility to get across the message to our children. Don't wait too late to study. Don't wait till your mind fades and your body's racked with pain and, and all kinds of illness and struggles. We need to be prepared we face a wicked world today. We face a very sick world today. We need to know what's going on. We need to study what's going on in the world today. But most of all, we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is in everything in the Bible. If you want to know about Jesus, you don't have to turn to the Gospels. That's a good place to go, the best place, really. But they're all through the Old Testament, there are examples of the coming Christ. There are those who in some form or other, because of their prophecy or their preaching or their teaching, are there miracles that they performed in the Old Testament? 
were pointing to the fact that God has a plan and Jesus is the heart of that plan and we are to study about Jesus and know everything we can about Jesus because there are too many people that don't know anything about Jesus and too many people that know enough about Jesus to be confused. So we need to be prepared to meet the world day by day. I was just not a good studier when I was a student growing up in school. I don't know why, but just other things attracted my attention too often. So I needed to learn to study to show myself approved unto God. God is our approver. We can say, we can be judged by all kinds of people, judges in courts. We can be judged by our teachers. We can be judged by our friends. We can be judged by our neighbors. We can be judged by people down the street. We can be judged by politicians. We can be judged by medical people. We can be judged by each other if we're not careful. We become judgmental. We don't need to be judgmental. We need to be approved. And that approval must come from God if we are to be able to carry out the work of the Bible, the work of the Holy Bible. Well, students demonstrate common knowledge. We sometimes need to demonstrate common knowledge. There's a program on television now called Common Knowledge. They ask all kinds of questions about technology, the home, school, growing up, all kinds of just little things that we need to know. Just They're common things. They're things that we talk about in our language. We need to have a common knowledge, common knowledge about the things we need to know, but not everything we need to know is spiritual. We need to know some things that are just practical. How to shop for groceries. How to drive a vehicle. How to get our children dressed and ready to go to school. How to greet one another in public places. And we need to have a lot of knowledge about the COVID virus. We need to know how to protect ourselves. And maybe some of you have experienced it. I don't know. I thank God that we haven't. But we've had relatives that have had it. And we realize that people need to know more of what's going on. And it's not always what the pharmaceutical companies are trying to tell us. We need to be able to turn to God, seek his leadership and guidance, and ask him to lead us to the things that will help us to withstand the storm that we're enduring right now around the world. Study to show yourself approved in those common knowledge things. We need to study to show up, not to show off. We need to show approval, not show out. Study is work. That's why it says we need to be workmen that need to not to be ashamed. Good, hard workers never have to be ashamed of their work. 
Good hard workers are proud of their work and they're glad to share what they can do with other people. We've been blessed in our little church that we go to now, Fairhaven, to have friends to come and install things in our house because I'm no longer able to do things like that. We had a, a member of our, he was a member of our church then, he's not now, but we had a man who came and brought a friend to install our dishwasher when our old one went out. They also installed our, what do you call it, honey? Microwave that went out on us. And so people have the ability to share words with actions by being workmen that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to be word wise. Remember, that's the question I asked at the beginning. Are you word wise? Do these words really mean something? Do they really say to you, do this as a command, not as just a suggestion? God gives a whole lot more commands than he gives suggestions. Dr. Bowler, who is the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, wrote a book on the Ten Commandments. And I just finished reading that book recently. I did some studying. It took some studying because it was deep. It was hard. Some of the words I had never heard of. And I had to get the dictionary to find out what they meant. But it said in there, the Ten Commandments are not just Old Testament. The Ten Commandments are as much a part of the message of Christ as any other part of the Bible. And so then there are some people that say, oh, well, the Old Testament is passe, it's past, it's gone past due. If they'd ever read this book, I think their minds would be changed. Are you word wise? Wise people study God's holy word. That means they dig in. They don't just catch it on the surface, read a few passages and say, oh, that's good, hot dog, or whatever, but read it and say, that applies to me. That means I need to pay attention. I need to be sure what God's saying to me about how to conduct my life and how to use my words as wise a wise person to study God's holy word by digging deep into his word, to study, to, to show God's word as a guidebook. This is our dictionary. This is in our encyclopedia. It's our teaching book. This is the text for the master teacher, Jesus Christ, to teach our spirit and guide us through his book to know the truths that we need for everyday living and for spiritual life. We need to study to prove God's word by living it. The scripture tells us not to do things just in word only in James, but by doing it, by getting it into our system. There are things that God tells us to do. Are we listening? My question to you is, are you studying? You say, well, 
I'm too old, my eyes are fading, but the Bible teaches us we can continue to study. When we think about it, Helen Keller couldn't see, but she could teach. And she taught great things in her blindness. We sometimes are blind, at least partially blind. But if we will turn things over to God and we will follow His teaching, He can help us to see because He is the light of my life. He is my light. He's your light if you love Him and you serve Him. We can't, it says, and we do this by living it, we share God's Word. We rightly divide it. We're able to share God's Word with other people, and we need to do this because we can't afford to be greedy with the Word of truth. People need Jesus, and if they don't get Jesus, you know what's going to happen to them. And you know what's going to happen to those who know Jesus. And the alternative is certainly not our choice. Our choice is Jesus and His way. And so that gives us words of wisdom, words of guidance, words of, of living, and words of sharing. And that leads us to know that there's some warnings in these teachings. In 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, 22 through 26. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes, and the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Notice those in the first verse of that, verse 22, says, Flee youthful lust, but follow righteousness. Flee. Get out of the way. When Satan attacks, you know he's bothering you, and you have temptations that you want to do things you know are contrary to God's will, then flee. Get out of the way. Run while you can. You say, I'm too old to run. Well, let me tell you, you can spiritually run because you can run on the legs of the Holy Spirit. And he'll take you where you need to go. And so we won't know the warning. And then there's a word of wisdom, a word of warning, flee evil lust. And then there's a, a, a word of wisdom which says follow righteousness. And then it goes on to give a whole list of fruits of the Spirit. Faith, charity, peace, and with them that call on the Lord out of, <coughs> out of a pure heart. So follow and flee. Follow Jesus, but flee Satan, flee sin, flee temptation. Don't monkey around with Mr. In-Between.
Remember that old expression? Expression? Make don't. Don't mess with Mr. in between. So that gives us words of warning and words of wisdom. And if we have these words of warning and wisdom, we can read on through Second Timothy and it will tell us that to honor our forefathers in prayer, to honor our predecessors like, our, like the grandmother of Timothy, Lois, and his mother, Eunice, they were gifts of God to him and so told, told him to be strong in the Lord and in his grace. Why study? We talked about some things of why, about studying, but why study? Because we need information. Information is Bible knowledge. Knowledge that helps us to know how to walk to walk, to talk to talk, and deliver on demand. Why study? For information. To know stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there that we still don't know. And we need to learn. Every one of us here can still learn something. May not think so, but just give God a chance. Study his word. Be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And you'll know some real good stuff that will carry you through the storm that we face today. No characters in the Bible because they are illustrations of Jesus. They are illustrations of what he's going to become. And why study? Just think of it about just a minute. You're David. And Israel is facing the Philistines. And they have a special warrior. They have a chief warrior. They have a guy named Goliath. Goliath is huge, over nine feet tall carrying a sword that's like a crossbeam. And here comes David, and he finds that Israel is reneging. They're afraid to go up against the giant. They are not thinking spiritually. They're not thinking in terms of God is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. They're not thinking in the terms of I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And so David comes along, just a young man, just really a child. And what does he do? He doesn't run right out immediately and challenge the giant or he doesn't say, well, if, if these guys won't fight the giant, I can, what can I do? I'm just a kid. But David begins to study he studies the size of that giant. He studies all that heavy armor that he's carrying that keeps him from being quick and, a bit and, a, and quick in his speed and quick in his thinking. And he's laughing and hee-hawing and not paying any attention while David is studying him. And he also studies that, that, that uh, armor that the the Israelite leaders wanted to give him to wear to go up against Goliath when he says, I'll go in the name of the Lord. And so while Goliath was laughing 
and goofing off while Israel was shriveling in fear. David was studying the situation and prepared for the battle. It's no wonder it just took one stone of the five that he had gathered for David to slay the giant, to do what the whole army of Israel could not do. That's what we need to be today. We need to study our foe. We need to realize that there are people that are trying to destroy Christianity. We need to know who they are, and we need to do two things. First of all, we need to flee from them. And next of all, we need to prepare for the battle because it's going to come. Somebody is going to challenge your faith. Somebody's going to tell you there is no God. Somebody's going to tell you that Jesus Christ was just another prophet. Somebody's going to tell you that this world is here and nobody is going to destroy it. Nobody is going to get rid of this world. We are safe. We're, we've got armies on our side. We've got weapons on our side. But we need to know our enemy and to realize it's not going to take anything to slay the enemy but the sword of the Lord. He has the weapon. And so we need information. We need illustration by Bible characters. And lastly, we need inspiration. Chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, excuse me, I didn't turn my page. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the call, which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Be persuaded. That's the inspiration. The inspiration is all through the Bible. Inspiration from the characters of the Bible. Inspiration from the words of the Bible. Inspiration from the Christ of the Bible. Inspiration from the Holy Spirit of the Bible. All of these are from God's Word, and we are to be word workmen, rightly dividing the word of truth, that we might know that God is true and he answers our prayers, he heals our sicknesses, he guides our paths, he shines his light in our lives, and he causes us to cry out with Jeremiah, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God wants to do mighty things here this morning. If you're here with an aching heart, 
you come to this altar and you offer up with your pastor a prayer unto God to take away your burden, he will remove your burdens as far as the east is from the west. He will remove your burdens that they will exist no more in your life. They will never, you'll never have to worry about them again once God has helped you to clean house and to become a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly correctly, honestly, deliberately sharing the word of truth with all who will come. So in just a moment as the pastor comes, I challenge you today, whatever it is that's in your heart that needs to be gotten rid of, you need to flee from, come and share that with your pastor and pray that God will help your feet to be quick to flee and will help you to be full of righteousness so that you can withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked that you can make that commitment to Christ today. And also there may be somebody here who has a loved one that you're concerned about or a friend or somebody that's lost and that person is number one on your heart to know Jesus. Would you come and pray for that person? Is there someone here today that you never placed your trust in Jesus Christ. You've never turned it all over for him, all over to him, fled from the devil and followed righteousness. Come to Jesus today. Will you come to God's altar and unburden yourself?